welcome to the second annual Health and Human Rights Summit here in Tucson, Arizona. My name is Drew Heaton and I am the director for Humans for Humanity Coalition. Our mission is to awaken individuals to the health and human rights crisis of our day. We promote, preserve, and protect traditional ethics, objective scientific research, and informed medical consent. We believe in the ethical treatment of human beings and in the abolition of human exploitation. Through coordinated volunteerism, personal religious practice, and personal spiritual refinement, we educate citizens and political leaders regarding the ethical questions that influence government policy. And we financially support through fundraising those organizations which share our values. We support the values of compassion over criticism, forgiveness over condemnation, autonomy over subjection, consent over coercion, and data over dogma. If you're wondering what coordinated volunteerism is or looks like, this summit is the perfect example. United in the desire to preserve liberty for ourselves, our children, and future generations, many individuals donated their time, talents, and resources on their own initiative. No one in our organization receives compensation for their service. The monumental effort so many individuals provided to bring this event to fruition is a miracle. Thank you. Thank you so much, Drew. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. Um, I, uh, it's an honor to be here, and I, I just really want to thank Drew and all her workers who put on this fabulous summit. So let's all give them a hand. Okay, so I am going to, uh, probably a lot of what I say today it applies to all vaccines or most vaccines, but I'm specifically going to focus in on uh, the new COVID-19 vaccines. Um, and uh, I'm going to dig right in into the similarities between uh, GMOs and the COVID-19 vaccines. Then we'll have a section on basics about GMOs, a section on basics about uh, the COVID-19 vaccines, and then I promise I'll bring it all together at the end. Okay, so here are the similarities. They're not necessary in either case. We don't need them. Uh, the, the companies have made it uh, seem like we need them. They've, they've put out a whole narrative like we need them, but we don't need them. And they aren't in our best interest. Now, that's a very nice way of saying harmful. <laughs> and in, as you'll see here in some coming slides, in some case outright, quick, deadly. Uh, the government says they're safe. But in both cases, they haven't been used before. So we, if we decide to get the COVID-19 vaccine or eat GMOs, and GMOs were something that they snuck into our food supply without any of us knowing, or most of us knowing, so we are guinea pigs in an experiment. We aren't supposed to question anything about them. There's incredible censorship. And critical inform information has been hidden from the public. If we were told even a few basics 
about either one of these, we wouldn't want to have anything to do with them. And that's why I'm going to just, I'm not going to get way deep into all of the, you know, things that could be going on with GMOs and vaccines. I'm going to just cover really basic stuff. And the first part of it is stuff I covered when I ran, went around Pima County talking about GMOs because most people don't know anything about them or, or, or very little. By a show of hands, how many here uh, feel that they know some bit of information about GMOs but not, but, but are missing important bits of information? Yeah, well, see, that's what surveys show is that the majority of Americans are missing key bits of information. That's why I wrote my book, Going Against GMOs, because I was trying to just make a really simple primer to give basic information so people could understand we don't want these things and we want to avoid them. Okay, so critical information is hidden from the public so they can't make informed decisions. But instead of getting even basic facts about the truth about them, we're given a false narrative or a false story that's pushed by the government and the media. In the case of GMOs, it was, well, first they did this tricky thing where they weren't labeled and they snuck them into our food supply. So most Americans had no idea that they were eating them. Um, that is different than what happened in Europe. Then, when people started to become a little bit aware of GMOs, they uh, started to say, well, you have to have GMOs because we have such a huge population and we have to feed the world. And using GMOs will lower pesticide use. Neither of those is true, as we will see. In the case of COVID-19 vaccines, they say, roll up your sleeve to stop the pandemic. You know, that's supposed to be like the patriotic thing to do, right? But now, because we're getting to a point where, where it's slowing down with people getting the vaccines, now they're saying that you, you should get it just so you could have more health freedom, like uh, vaccine mandates, right? And um, now they're throwing bribes and incentives and everything that they can because their story is starting to run out. There's huge inconsistencies of what, in what they say. You know, the masks, no, you don't need a mask, no, you need one, no, you need two, no, you don't need them, but no, you need them. Even if you're vaccinated, no, you don't need them. I mean, it's an ever-changing ever story, right? Um, and they're trying to force us into these vaccines just like they did with GMOs. Uh, also, another similarity are both use genetic modification. Um, uh, both speakers earlier this morning talked about that, that the, the COVID-19 vaccines are really a, uh, an a gen genetically modified injection to modify our natural workings or I think um, I think uh, Dr. Jane uh, Dr. Jane this morning said that uh, it was more like um, changing the software to play God and override what our bodies naturally do to protect ourselves. Right? 
The companies that make both of these products are basically serial, serial felons. They violate environmental laws, violate all kinds of laws, are convicted of fraud, and um, you know have just terrible corporate records. And both of these products are designed to increase the use of these products over and over and over again and make lots of money for the companies. Like never get off that treadmill, right? Just keep using them. So what both of these are about is increasing control of more of us in our world. In the case of GMOs, they wanted to control our food. Um, and in the case of the vaccines now, they want to control our bodies and, uh, and what we do, basically. So I'm basing these observations and connections on 11 years of educating the public about GMOs, researching and writing. Uh, my Going Against GMOs book, um, helping to lead the movement against the Monsanto tax break in Pima County. Um, in 2016-2017, and a whole history of what I call going against the grain. Um, writing for, for more than 25 years, writing about topics that have a huge bearing on our health that could make a huge difference for people if they just knew this basic information. But this is information that isn't covered by the mainstream media. And so I've been kind of writing about underground, underground topics. I am the author of Going Against the Grain. I also co-authored the, the first book about syndrome X or metabolic syndrome, that cluster of um, very common heart disease risk factors. And we wrote about a nutritional program. Wow, a nutritional program to address that. And, you know, it was considered so avant-garde. It was really pretty simple, but it ended up being a national bestseller. So based on all that information, what I can tell you are two things. Um, keep these themes in mind. I believe the body is an amazing healing machine if you give it the right ingredients. GMOs and COVID-19 vaccines are not the right ingredients. Food is our best medicine, but not if it's adulterated. And the government and the media have been giving us the wrong information, and I put information in quotes, for a long time to keep us very sick and suffering. And um, so keep those in mind as we go through here. Okay, so basics about GMOs. They look like real food. But they're radically different on the inside. Genetic engineers insert uh, the genes from one living species into the DNA of a completely different uh, species of life to make genetically modified organisms, or GMOs. And there are two main types that are on the market. Uh, the, one is they have insecticide inside every bite, and the others are herbicide tolerant. They're made, they're, they're modified to tolerate lots of herbicide. Um, 80 to 85% of the GMOs on the market are that type. And most type of corn and some types of soybeans are what they call stacked, which is they have the pesticide inside and the herbicide outside. How many here knew that? 
Okay. So I, I, I tend to think of them as, you know, genetically modified crops are pesticide plants, right? That's what they are. And Monsanto, multinational chemical corporation, um, has been the larger, lar largest producer of GMOs. Um, Bayer has now acquired them. So companies like Monsanto said, well, you have to use GMOs because they'll using them will lead to higher yields and a decrease in the use of pesticides. Neither one of those happen. In the case of herbicides, in the first 16 years of genetically modified crops being used, an astounding 527 million more pounds of herbicides were used. You know, that's primarily Roundup, or the active ingredient is glyphosate. And a lot of people have trouble figuring out what that means. That's a little bit like having our uh, morning cereal with Roundup on it. Uh, residues of glyphosate has got, gotten into all kinds of foods, um, and the human exposure of, of, to glyphosate has increased 500% since GMOs began to be used here in the United States. Uh, Gigi touched on this a little bit yesterday. Uh, glyphosate is a chelator. It binds minerals and makes them hard to use by the body. It's, it's a, a patented antibiotic. It preferentially kills good bacteria in the gut. It's a hormone disruptor. And, you know, it was labeled a probable human carcinogen in 2015. But we know, probably most of us here, that Monsanto has lost, I believe it's three cases now, um, showing that it was involved in these poor people's cancer who used glyphosate. I, d I don't have a slide about this, but I, I do also want to point out that when people switch, when people, animals, like ranch animals, cows, when pets, and when babies are switched from GMO food to non-GMO food, they all get better. I mean, it, it's like they get better from digestive problems, from rashes, from um, brain frog, fog, from uh, uh, um, energy problems. And so, you know, my feeling is that these are subtly causing symptoms that a lot of people aren't connecting with the food that we eat because we're all eating them. We, don't, we didn't know that we were eating them in the first place. But when you go to the, the effort to take them out of your diet, it can completely change things for people. So, it, so the herbicides are not just bad for us, but they cause plenty of environmental harm, as you can see here. I'm not going to go into all of these. I do cover these um, and the, the ways that they, that uh, glyphosate uh, kind of subtly destroys our health in my book. Um, but then there's also this seed patent issue. Now, before uh, 
the uh, no one could patent life, you know. And they've bent the rules or changed the rules for these companies. So companies like Monsanto or Bayer can now patent and own genetically modified seeds. And that causes all kinds of problems for farmers who want to use those seeds. Um, but the, the other problem is that Monsanto bought up a huge amount of seeds. And so now chemical companies control most of our food. So this really, what I used to say when I was going around in 2016 and 2017 is this is a, a fight about the future of our food. Um, the companies have created a product with no value to the consumer. There's no better taste, no better nutrition, no lower cost. People would say, I'm not going to buy it. Why would I? Genetically modified foods only benefit the chemical corporations that make them. Um, they contaminate conventional and organic crops, and that creates a perfect storm for a massive food security issue. The use of GMOs has led to the development of super weeds, weeds that are resistant to the herbicide that are sprayed on them, super insects that have become resistant to the built-in pesticide, and then what happens is a, a pesticide treadmill. Far farmers end up using more and more and more toxic pesticides to try to control the resistant insect and weed populations. So when that started to develop, and everybody who was in the know about this topic warned that it would, the company's answers would be, well, let's just develop new GMOs with multiple traits. So Dow came out with crops that were tolerant of not just glyphosate, but 2,4-D, an active ingredient in Agent Orange. Monsanto came out with crops that are tolerant of glyphosate and dicamba. It's a pesticide treadmill, and it just keeps going and going and going. And this is where the chemical companies want it to be going. Monsanto has said that the corn seed of 2025 will have 14 genetically modified traits and allow farmers to spray five different kinds of herbicide. I mean, anyone can see that that's taking agriculture in totally the wrong direction for pr producing health, promoting food, and protecting the environment. I knew all that, and I also knew that Monsanto had a long track record of unethical practices, um, being convicted of fraud, breaking multiple environmental laws, poisoning um, companies, making all kinds of products that harm people's health, and lying about them. and. Uh, and knowing all that, I was kind of like, this is me. I do not want your GMO. I do not like you, Monsanto. <laughs> and I really believed that if people knew this basic information, they would feel the same way. So I wrote, I researched and wrote going against GMOs because I really felt that there needed to be 
an easy to understand book on the topic because this had all been infiltrated on the American people without their knowledge. And most of the books that were out there about GMOs were very technical and hard to read and dry. And even I, who was interested in the topic, um, you know, was, I couldn't get through the books basically. So I wanted to try to create a book that would um, help educate people in an easy to understand manner. Then something really um, unexpected happened just a little bit after, maybe a year or two after my book came out, I learned that Monsanto wanted to come to our community and get a tax break for building, quote, a greenhouse in Avra Valley. Well, I mean, this was outrageous to me. And I, I tried to talk to people and most people were just kind of frozen and weren't saying anything, weren't doing anything. And um, I really didn't know exactly what I could do. You know, I had that feeling that all of us had, like, how can I go up against this? But I just started with what I knew and I started blogging about the issue, about Monsanto's plan here in Pima County and about its track record in communities like Hawaii. So we had that whole Hawaiian thing going. <laughs> Again, like, like uh, Drew has been talking about that aloha. We showed this movie, uh, Molokai Mom, about how people didn't organize and fight back early enough and they warned us to get going on it. And I also talked to my great friend, Ann Lawfield, regenerative farmer at High Energy Agriculture. I asked her if she would, you know, help me with education because I wasn't sure I could do it myself. She said, absolutely. And we started having education events. And I'm happy to say that we had so many people come to the Board of Supervisors meeting in November of 2016 that there were three and a half hours of three-minute statements. It just completely blew the Pima County Board of Supervisors away. And if you look real carefully here, that is Drew Heaton. <laughs> she gave a very impassioned three-minute talk. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay, so what happened was, you know, to my great surprise, we had a whole week of action planned against Monsanto and everything, and, and one of the supervisors called me and said, I got to tell you, Monsanto dropped its application for a tax break. <laughs> And, you know, it was initially a great feeling, a, a real victory, but it was, they still had bought the land in a private sale and there wasn't anything we could do about it. So we, you know, regrouped, thought about it, and we came up with a new plan which was to go after the biggest way that Monsanto makes money, which is 
um, its contracts with government agencies to spray pesticides in city parks. And Gigi talked about this with you yesterday. That's why we decided to go that route. We, there are preemption laws here in Arizona, so we couldn't ban um, one type of pesticide. And it's not good for health to do that anyway, because they just go to other pesticides, because there's that pesticide treadmill. So we followed the example of Irvine, California, and 155 other cities. And uh, here is Gigi presenting to the Tucson mayor and council in October 2018. It passed unanimously. And I'm happy to say that after a little bit of slowdown from COVID, um, the uh, Tucson Parks and Recreation Department is being trained on how to transition um, some fields this spring. So, <laughs> um, so that is a lot of information about GMOs and pesticides. Now we're going to switch gears here and cover some basics about COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccines. As you've heard from many other speakers here, there's really no need for a vaccine. I mean, we're talking about um, a less than 1% chance that we would die if we would, were ever to even get this. And we all know that the statistics have been um, tampered with and trying to show that there are so many deaths from COVID-19 when that's not really the case. So again, remember that main point I made about GMOs, we don't need them. We don't need this as well. They're not in our best interests. They're harmful, and in this case, some are outright deadly, as you will find out. Most people think that they're approved by the FDA. They aren't. They're under emergency use authorization, which means they've been fast-tracked without any testing. Um, and here's the real kicker. Again, this is total misinformation from the Amer American public, but they do not prevent transmission or prevent infection from COVID-19. They're just supposedly to mitigate symptoms, but you know they haven't proven that. There are experimental chemicals in them, some of which are um, in uh, synthetic fertilizer. Um, Carl today earlier talked about lots of things getting into vaccines, which I didn't even know about, like pla plastic wrap and all that. So, you know, it, it's a Russian roulette if you're taking that. But the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are gene modification injections. They are not vaccines, which are, you know, atten attenuated um, made from attenuated viruses. So they're playing God to hack our body's inner workings. And they use artificial messenger RNA to cause the body to make the spike protein, which is on the surface of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. But, you know, it just came out in a kind of an interview, I think a week or two ago, Oops, they found out that that spike protein is a toxin and, and it is um, probably the main reason causing some of these serious vaccine injuries, especially in terms of blood clots. 
So uh, this was from a really good video. Um, what we know and may never know about COVID vaccines on the Children's Health Defense site. And uh, let's see, our messenger RNA usually takes instructions from our DNA to then send instructions to the body to cause it to to make the proper things to um, to uh, protect ourselves. Now they're kind of hacking it and putting in a synthetic messenger RNA to, they, you know, they call it the ultimate biological hack to make this spike protein. The idea being that the body would make antibodies to the spike protein, um, but of course that's dealing with the adaptive immune system and not dealing with our first line of defense, which is the innate immune system. So they're playing God. They've decided what they're going to cause the body to do. But of course, it's experimental, and we have no idea what comes later. So this is, as a journalist, this, this is the kind of stuff that really bothers me when critical information is kept from the public that they can't make informed decisions. Um, we know from the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System that these are some of the side effects, not all of them, but some of the main ones, allergic reactions, anaphylaxis and death, a rare blood disorder, abbreviated ITP, which leads to lack of blood platelets, um, <clears throat> heart inflammation, lots of heart, different heart problems, blood clots in the brain, the lungs, the stomach, a uh, lot of reproductive problems, both in women and in men, um, and Bell's palsy, a lot, lot of neurological conditions, seizures. And these are all effects that can happen within a day to a few days to a few weeks of getting the injection. But what are the long-term effects, right? Um, so, of course, we don't know because the people who are, take, are getting it are, are guinea pigs in an experiment, but holistic doctors that I've listened to in, um, on uh, conferences, online conferences about this fear that autoimmune diseases will be coming big time in a, within a few years. And they're also concerned about a condition called pathogenic priming, which is an overreaction of the immune system when the body is exposed to another coronavirus. Um, we know that in experiments with ferrets that got the SARS, that's severe acute respiratory syndrome vaccine, and then were exposed to a natural coronavirus, they got very sick and some died. Um, the SARS vaccine was abandoned. This is difficult to see, but thousands, we also know that thousands of children in the Far East were given a, a vaccine made with yellow fever backbone with inserted genes of dengue fever. That's a little bit more like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which has an adenovirus and a coronavirus in it, but 
when these children encountered natural dengue fever, they had severe reactions. Many of them were hospitalized and some died. And you know, this led to all kinds of criminal charges and this vaccine was taken off the market. It's really hard to believe, but I have an example from 1976. And this was reported on in 60 minutes. Um, the, the 1976 swine flu vaccine fiasco and the US government told everybody that the swine flu was going to be deadly and that everybody in America should get the vaccine and 46 million Americans or about a quarter of the population at that time obediently got the swine flu vaccine and Neurological conditions such as Guillain-Barre syndrome, I think I said that right, developed. Um, and um, this, this a woman that they fe features on 60 Minutes, she became paralyzed for a year and then had to walk with braces the rest of her life. She and 4,000 other people tried to get compensated from the US government, but you know, at the time of that 60 Minutes report, they weren't compensated, and I don't think they were ever compensated. And this vaccine program was halted after six weeks. So getting back to COVID-19, the mainstream media has reported on some deaths. Here's the New York Times talking about this doctor who was very pro-vaccine. Um, who developed that unusual blood disorder, immune thrombocytopenia, which leads to a lack of, of blood platelets. But most of the time, the mainstream media just comes up with ridiculous headlines like post-vaccination deaths don't mean COVID-19 vaccine is deadly, and uh, no link between COVID-19 vaccines and those who die after receiving them. <laughs> Unbelievable, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, I have a journalism degree, and this just floors me that, that people don't do more digging. But, you know, that's another thing we learned in journalism school is you always follow the money, right? <laughs> so um, nobody's really doing that in the mainstream media. So how many have died from the COVID-19 vaccines? And um, this is from information on the, um, by VAERS, um, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It was actually from an article on the Mercola.com site that kind of collated this information. We know that VAERS only catches one to 10% of vaccine injuries. And what we know, this was, this came out, I believe this article came out at the end of, of May, and up to April 23rd, 95 to 100 million people had received the COVID-19 shots. Up to that point, 3,544 deaths were reported following the COVID vaccination. That averages out to about 30 deaths a day. And if you compare that to, the, to Americans who got the flu shot, 
There were only 85 deaths following flu vaccination in 2017, 119 in 2018, 203 in 2019. So in four months, the deaths following COVID vaccines is more than the deaths from all the vaccines combined from 1997 to 2013. So that's pretty shocking. Of course, it's not information that's, you know, you can only find it on alternative sites. Um, to make matters worse, they want to keep giving you this shot over and over again. Remember what I talked about the pesticide treadmill? This is like that. It's like a vaccine treadmill. They want to get people on and just keep giving it and giving it to them. So what if I told you that your government wants to vaccinate you uh, with something that isn't really a vaccine, is only allowed for emergency use, doesn't, have, doesn't take into regard your medical history, for a virus whose case fatality rate is less than 1%, doesn't prevent infection, doesn't stop or spread transmission. Oh, and they want to do it every six months. I mean, it really is insane. Um, and they're pushing children, to, it gets crazier, they're pushing children to get the vaccine. Um, and, you know, as we learned, children have practically zero chance of getting COVID-19. Um, but one little inconvenient truth that came out last year, of course, nobody reported it, is they finally did the study, uh, retrospective analysis spanning 10 years, and it came out last year and found out that unvaccinated children were healthier overall than vaccinated. Um, so more, more basics. Pfizer has been convicted. It, Pfizer's kind of like the Monsanto of the drug world, right? I mean, convicted of fraud, illegal me medical claims. Um, as I think someone earlier today pointed out, Moderna doesn't have a record because this is its first product on the market, but it, it still is being investigated for fraud. Um, the companies have no liability for harm or death. And they want to push booster shots on us every time a new variant comes out. So remember what I said about the similarities. These products, and they are products, they're trying to find, uh, they're trying to find people to use them to increase the use over and over and over again and make these companies lots of money for them. Now, why are they doing that? Well, I just say it's about increasing control of humans in our world. There are lots of reasons you can go down. I don't, I don't tend to go down those rabbit holes too much. The bottom line is that vaccines are great for the companies who make them. They're profitable for them, but they aren't in our best interest. And that's really all you need to know. Um, so once you connect the dots and see the clear picture about both these situations, it's easy to get fearful, it's easy to get down, to get angry, to get overwhelmed. And 
our job is to channel, to, to process our feelings and channel that energy into effective action. Don't acquiesce and do not consent to their plan. Of course, I'm not a doctor, but based on my um, information, my uh, experience, just looking at the information, it's just way too risky to get the experimental COVID-19 vaccine. And the research is very strong that you need to learn how to stay away from toxic pesticides like Roundup, learn how to avoid GMOs, which I explained very clearly in my, my Going Against GMOs book. And that is kind of like a baseline of what we need to do to just avoid the toxins that are trying to do us in, basically. And then to go toward optimal health, it's important to learn how to go organic and regenerative for health, and I'm going to explain that here in a moment. Some other key things is find your tribe. I think we're, we're all here. Our tribe is here. Network with like-minded like souls and stop their plan and create a new earth. I think the global elite behind GMOs and vaccines have underestimated the intuition and innate intelligence of people. About 50% of the population just inherently don't trust GMOs and don't trust the new vaccines. They've underestimated the incredible power of the human heart, aloha, right, and the human spirit. They've underestimated how people have gotten creative in spreading the word. Um, you know, whether they're developing new platforms like BitChute and all these, all these ways of finding a way to get the word out and try to reach more people. And I really do believe that there is an increase in awareness and people waking up. It may be happening slowly sometimes in some people, but sometimes it can happen quickly. I have a good friend who was pressured to get the vaccine so he could see his dad, and he really didn't want to. He had a, a horrible reaction to the first one, and he is not going back. And he told me, you know, you were right. I've seen the light. And so, um, and then sometimes it's just from people hearing about other people's bad experiences, and they start to, they start to wake up. Also, many of the lies are starting to collapse. You know, all the stuff coming out about Fauci, um, and um, you know, it. it it's amazing how much is starting to dribble out, and and people may and, and in the mainstream media, by the way, that you know they're, I mean, places like Fox News is actually reporting on this. Tucker Carlson had a few good episodes, so it's probably starting to reach more of mainstream America, whereas before it was just totally underground. And I think the global elite has underestimated the power of us putting aside our minor differences and banding together. And I think that's what we're doing here. You know, we all have different backgrounds, maybe different political beliefs and all that, but we're united here standing for health, freedom, 
I want to leave you with, I think this is some good news. This just came out this week um, about a, a survey that was done um, on Pima County residents who are, have said that they will not get the vaccine. And you can see that the majority say are worried about side effects and that, and that it's not safe. Of course, some don't want to be told what to do and COVID not a threat to their health. Hey, that's great. And I think this really bodes well for that we're at about the point where the people who are going to get it have gotten it, and the people who say they aren't going to have some pretty strong beliefs as to why they aren't going to get it, and they probably are going to stand firm. So how do you create positive change? You know, judging from my experience with grass, uh, grassroots efforts, grassroots movements, it always starts with ourselves. We have to do what is best for us. And whether we're talking about avoiding GMOs or avoiding vaccines, it's to fortify us with knowledge and incentive and reminders. And it, you know, it's really an inside job. It's not just, it's not just um, what we're doing physically, but but working on our emotions and our, our, our beliefs, our mental beliefs, and our spiritual side. And, you know, we have to deal with our feelings of going against the grain of what society is pushing on us um, and be patient that that's a process. It's hard to have friends who don't understand what we're doing or lose friends. Um, but I encourage everyone to speak their truth kindly with compassion. And you never know when you plant seeds that grow. And I was just amazed when I went around Pima County educating people about GMOs and Monsanto. And there would be some naysayers. And then maybe few weeks later, a few months later, the next thing I would know that they were in the audience and they were clapping and they were coming to the meeting speaking. And you never know when one thing you say or do is going to wake somebody up. Um, so the first thing we have to do is learn how to avoid the harmful stuff. And then after we learn those basic skills, it's focused on the change or the, the, the new world we want to create. And to do all that with being kind of a high vibration example that other will follow. You know, most people, I mean, I don't look like a, a conspiracy theorist, do I? I mean, that's what people used to say to me when I went around talking about GMOs and pesticides. And I... Um, I, I just had people say to me, you know, you sound so authentic and like you couldn't possibly tell a lie. I believe you more than I believe what Monsanto is telling me. You know, so you never know when just being authentic um, and getting the message out will wake people up. Okay, so getting to the food section, what we can do about food. I love this meme. The wonderful thing about food is that you get three votes a day. 
Every one of them has the potential to change the world. So the first thing is just avoid the toxic foods. And uh, there are four main guidelines, which I go over in my Going Against GMOs book. You learn by heart the foods that have been genetically modified. And you look for non-GMO project verified foods that those are foods that are actually tested to make sure they don't have the presence of GMOs. Better yet, you seek out organic foods um, because those avoid not just GMOs, but, but synthetic pesticides and things like sewage sludge and um, antibiotics. And then you learn how to avoid the indirect sources by upgrading the animal protein you eat, um, going to 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef, and wild-caught fish, which are not fed GMOs. Okay, there are um, these uh, genetically modified foods on the market. I boil it down to three C's, corn, canola, and cottonseed, two S's, soy, and sugar from sugar beets, two A's, which is alpha, alfalfa and apples, two peas, papaya and potatoes, a Y and a Z, yellow squash and zucchini. Um, but the best way to avoid GMOs is to avoid processed foods because um, the big five, which is corn, canola, cottonseed, soy, and sugar, plus um, wheat, derivatives of all those foods are hidden in every kind of processed food you can imagine. So if I ever see any of those ingredients, and I, I explain, I, I, go, I have a long section in Going Against GMOs about how these are subsidized foods and these are foods that are killing us slowly but surely um, causing degenerative disease. So those are the, that, that's the main way to avoid GMOs. But it's really important to understand that GMO free does not mean pesticide free. You can have some food that is genetically modified, but it can still be sprayed with lots of pesticides. Um, so the way to avoid that is to seek out organic food. As I said, they, uh, under the standards, they avoid GMO, the use of GMOs, the use of the synthetic pesticides, sewage sludge, antibiotics. And you know, people often think that eating organic is a radical concept, but it's not. Up to um, a century ago or so, all food was organic. That's what our, our great grandparents ate, you know? So we're just getting back to real food, the kind of food that keeps us healthy. But we still need that. That's a baseline. I, I talked about avoiding GMOs and eating more organic food as a way to get the toxins out of our out of our, our food so that we can have good health. But the real key now is, you know, some people are not using pesticides, but they're not really focusing on improved soil health. Improving soil health is the key to um, growing nutrient-dense food and restoring our environment. 
And here's an article that I wrote in Better Nutrition Magazine. I encourage you to seek that out uh, at betternutrition.com. We can support farming that has this focus through the, the products we purchase. And to show you why it's so important to go regenerative organic, this on the left is an example of a regenerative almond field. And on the right is a conventional almond field. Isn't that amazing how, just how much greener, I mean, you can see how when you focus on soil health, as, G, as Gigi Larrington explained yesterday in her organic grass fields program um, talk, it, it, uh, say it, it holds onto water, retains water, you need less water, everything greens up, and, and it really restores the environment. Here are some main points on how to go beyond organic, to buy regenerative, um, buy seasonal locally grown food from regenerative farms and 100% grass-fed, grass-finished meat, meat producers. Now, if you go to regenerationinternational.org and you search in our area, um, the only uh, vegetable farm that is uh, regeneratively grown is high energy agriculture and Lawfields Farm. Here she is right here. <laughs> and uh, there are several grass-fed beef producers. Double Check Ranch is one of them that is listed. Um, and if you're shopping in, in uh, probably mostly natural food stores or online, look now for the regenerative organic seal. That is food that is already certified USDA organic, but it has the highest standard, it goes above and beyond. It has the highest standards for soil health, pasture-based animal welfare, and farm worker fairness. Other ways to say no, to toxins in our food and our environment is grow your own food, whether it's having your own garden or urban farming, saving and exchanging heirloom foods, talked about buying food from local farmers who don't use GMOs, <clears throat> stop using glyphosate. Does anyone, does, did anyone know that it's not just Roundup, it's in all these other formulations, Bronco, Ranger, Duramax, glyphosate, all of them. They're still all on the market. And if you're so inclined, help support and expand the organic, pro, uh, organic parks program that Toxin-Free Pima County is working on. Uh, you know, to, to, to start summing this up, being healthy is no accident. Now, I got this picture from Arizona Chiropractic, um, and it's in the restroom there, and it just seemed perfect. On the left is lifestyle for energy, health, and long life. On the right is <clears throat> lifestyle for disease, cancer, and early death. I think it does a pretty good job of explaining which things we know lead to disease and early death. Um, we could have a 
separate discussion about whole grains at some point, but you can see that uh, vaccinations are already on the side of disease and cancer and early death. And I believe that GMOs and pesticides should be on this side and organic and regenerative food should be on this side. So I just want to leave you with a few final words. Last year, when we all thought everything had stopped, nothing was happening, everybody was frozen, not doing anything, it turns out <clears throat> that there was something happening that the mainstream media was not reporting on. People felt that their world was chaotic, that um, their world was scary, their desire for control was strong, and they embraced taking care of their health and voting with their wallet like they never have. So what did they look for? They looked for foods and supplements that protected their bodies and their families' bodies. Um, organic food sales were at an all-time high last year, and now 80% of Americans now eat some organic food. Um, so people now are tired of sitting on the sidelines and they want to take action, especially in the, in the area of food, where that, that's where they feel they have the most control, and they're doing that. They believe they have the power to change the world, and that's true, uh, we do. I always love this meme, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. I think we are that group of, of thoughtful, committed citizens. And I truly believe that we were meant to be here at this time to help create a new Earth. So in closing, I just want to tell you that GMOs, pesticides, and vaccines are toxic substances, health-degrading substances that are pushed on us but the evidence really shows to stay away from them. I say do not acquiesce, stand for health freedom, and realize that taking care of our health is the best activism we can take. <laughs> say no to the COVID-19 vaccine. Say no. Learn how to say no if you don't know how to, to say no to GMOs and pesticides, say yes to organic and regeneratively grown food. When we each collectively do this, individually, collectively, we can take control away from the corporations and take back our food, health, and our planet. Thank you. Thank you.